0: On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks fall for the 12th time in their last 14 games, losing 4-1 to the Sharks out in San Jose, despite probably being the better team in that one. I'll also go over a preview of tonight's matchup at the United Center, the second-to-last home game for the Blackhawks this season as they'll be taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week, will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. You're Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, April 25th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show some support first. By following the podcast, it'll only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally just a quick click of the button is going to help me out tremendously. Go and leave the show five stars as well if you like what you're hearing today. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review as well. I always greatly appreciate getting feedback from my fantastic listeners out there. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then go and give your head a shake. Be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, folks, because each and every episode Going forward across the Lockdown Podcast Network, not only on my show, but through shows everywhere on the network, there's going to be a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so already, please, please, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I would greatly appreciate it. Go and smash the like button for me as well. And be sure to turn on those push notifications so you can be notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. As always, Thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks, and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Real quick, though, before I get into all the good stuff, folks, I got to remind you all that today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online, which is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games here in 2022. Bet Online, where the game. Begins. All right, folks. To kick things off here today, let's talk about the lone game from the Chicago Blackhawks over the weekend, which came on Saturday night in San Jose. And man, it, it was a toughie because the Blackhawks really put together a, a pretty solid game, especially in the first forty minutes. I mean, um, they they were playing with the puck more. They were the team that had more shots on goal at even strength, more scoring chances, more high danger chances. The top line of Dabrinkit, Strome, and Kane were absolutely doing work. Uh, on the night, they finished off with some incredible five-on-five numbers, uh, just weren't able to find the back of the net. And that was kind of the story of this game. The Blackhawks had their chances. It was an up-and-down game. Both teams had their opportunities. The Blackhawks just couldn't solve Capo Kakinen, which he's someone that's actually going back to his time with the Wild in the front half of the season. Uh, He was someone who gave the Blackhawks a little bit of trouble when he was still with Minnesota as well. So that same storyline just kind of continued on in Saturday night's game out in San Jose. Uh, And it was frustrating because we've seen the Blackhawks lose a bunch here over the last month. And it's been really hard to tune into some of these final games of the season when you know they're not playing for anything. They're not playing particularly well. The defense has been shoddy. There's a whole lot of things that have been really costing this team. But in Saturday night's game against San Jose, like they played a a pretty solid game for the most part. The only negative I would say is there are a couple mistakes that they had proved to be really costly. And they were big time mistakes that gave San Jose golden opportunities. And they were the ones who converted on their chances and uh, did a better job of taking advantage of the miscues Uh, The first goal of the game, the lone goal in the first period scored by Weatherby, probably the only one I'd say you you can fully blame on Kevin Lankinen. It it was a terrible rebound on a shot from Reedy. He kicked it right out to the center of of the ice. And the rebound control, that and the positioning, I believe, and I feel like a lot of Blackhawks fans who've been watching this team consistently throughout the year also would agree those two are probably – the biggest concerns about Kevin Lankinen's game moving forward, whether or not it would be here in Chicago. I think those are the two biggest things that he needs to work on in order to continue to be an NHL goaltender again, whether that's in Chicago or somewhere else. If if he winds up inking another deal as an unrestricted free agent in the summer, uh, those are things he needs to work on. And that was a pretty clear example of it right there, kicking a rebound right out to uh, Weatherby, and that put the Sharks ahead one to nothing early. And then in the second period, um, a couple of costly mistakes by the Blackhawks' young defensemen wound up in the back of their net. Uh, the first one, Alec Regula kind of made a bold pinch in the neutral zone. He wound up losing that puck battle, gave San Jose a 2-on-1 from center ice in, and then the big guns for the Sharks, Timo Meyer and uh, Tomas Hurdle, connected on that 2-on-1, a one-timer from Hurdle. Really no opportunity there for lankin and to stop it. Uh, that came in the first minute of the second period that really, I think, kind of deflated the Blackhawks. Knowing that they played well in that first period, they outshot San Jose. What was it? It was nine. They held the Sharks to four shots on goal in the opening 20 minutes. And usually the Blackhawks are the ones that are being held to four or five shots in the first period. They they did that. They shut down San Jose for the most part, but that one costly mistake from and wound up in the back of the net. And then in the second period to give up that goal on a two-on-one uh, under two minutes in, uh, that that was kind of a tough pill to swallow. F- five shots on goal for the Sharks, and they had potted two of them. So um, that that was certainly tough. And then the third goal, second goal of the second period, uh, came from Timo Meyer, who assisted on Hurdles. Uh, that was another two on one for San Jose, and this time it was Alex Vlasic who was the culprit, kind of just rushing a little bit when the puck got on his stick, trying to make a quick play. I think he was trying to catch San Jose in a change, which is why he just caught the puck in the defensive zone, turned and fired. Uh, It wound up being a costly turnover. And again, that one ends up in the back of the net. Kind of sloppy defense in front there too, right? The puck was just sitting in front of Kevin and No one was able really to get a stick on it. I appreciate the defenseman and Vlasic trying to use his size to take out the body, but Someone's got to get that puck out of there. Lankin and himself, too, probably should have poked that one out. Ends up in the back of the net. And the Blackhawks, despite leading 19-11 uh, to 11 in shots on goal after 40 minutes, uh, they, they found themselves down 3-1. to one. Uh, They did score a goal late uh, from Tyler Johnson, which was a beautiful feed from Jonathan Taves, by the way, to set up Johnson all alone in front. And for Tyler Johnson, this is something I'm going to be talking about. I'm probably going to dedicate a whole segment in the next week or two uh, on what the Blackhawks are going to do with Tyler Johnson, because obviously it's been a tough year for him. Uh, The injury, the ADR disc replacement surgery cost him the majority of his campaign. He also suffered a concussion just uh, a couple games into his return from having surgery. Thanks, Dominic Kubalik, trying to dump the puck into the offensive zone and Hits his line mate right in the back of the head. Another injury that Johnson had to deal with this year. Uh, but finally, over the last few games here, I believe he's got three points in his last four now. Uh, but we've started to see Johnson pick it up and contribute a little bit more offensively than we have for the most part this year. He, there was a stretch there where um, his final few games back in October before he suffered that injury, and then his first like seven or eight games back or something along those lines, he was without a point, so it, it was a struggle for him. And it's nice to see that he's finally uh contributing a little bit more consistently. And that second line of he, Jonathan Taves, and Dominic Kubalik has been rather good over these past few games. I know there's not a lot of uh shining moments during this Blackhawks, you know, losing skid where they've lost 12 of 14 now. Uh, but that definitely is something to be a little bit high on because ultimately. I do think the Blackhawks are going to bring back Dominic Kubelik next year unless they get a really good offer uh, in the offseason, which I don't know if the market's going to be quite as high as it was at the deadline. It was clearly a seller's market, and Kyle Davidson elected still to hold on to Kubelik. I think now at this point, you might as well give him one last crack unless you're absolutely wowed by the offer that another team, uh, unless Kyle Davidson gets wowed by another team's offer in the summer. but. The Tyler Johnson question is, really, what are the Blackhawks going to do with him, right? Because he's not a young player anymore. The Blackhawks are obviously in a rebuild, and they're thinking three to five years down the road. Johnson still has a couple of years on his contract with uh, a decent price tag on it. And another thing to consider is they basically got him for free. They got him and a second-round pick from the Tampa Bay Lightning just so the Bolts could take on Brent Seabrook's contract on LTIR and give them a little bit more flexibility throughout the regular season. So we basically got Tyler Johnson for free. If you would go and swap him for, I don't know, probably not a second, I'd guess maybe a third or something like that. I don't know what the market exactly would be for him out there. Um, But I think Kyle Davidson wouldn't be opposed to doing that because we already got one second round pick for free by trading Brent Seabrook's contract to basically turn that into two seconds or a second and a third, whatever it may be. That's still definitely a win for the Chicago Blackhawks. So um, that might go into the decision on what they do with Tyler Johnson moving forward. It's just kind of a, a tough spot for him to be in, right? Um, we have heard him say all the right things though recently that you know he, he Uh, wants to be part of this year and wants to help, you know, be part of the solution. But ultimately, uh, I do wonder if Kyle Davidson wants to go in another direction with the Blackhawks. Probably not focusing too much on winning next season and uh, thinking, you know, well more about the future and not just uh, the short term here. But it was nice to see Johnson add that goal there in the third period, that late in the second period, I should say. That gave the team some life heading into the third, but uh, couldn't really – Again, just couldn't find the back of the net. They did outshoot San Jose once again in the final 20 minutes, but Kakinen was standing tall in his net. He ended up being the first star of this game, uh, and the Blackhawks lose for the 12th time in their last 14 games, falling 4-1 to to the Sharks, even though they were probably the better team. They just made a couple of mistakes, and San Jose jumped all over them. And what do bad bad teams do, folks? They find ways to lose, even though they played well, they still found a way to lose this one, thanks to a couple of costly mistakes. And now the Blackhawks um, hopefully will will try to uh, pick up a couple of more W's before uh, the season wraps up this Friday when they take on the Sabres in Buffalo. All right, there are some thoughts on the Hawks. 4-1 to loss to the Sharks on Saturday night, another L for Chicago. Coming up in just a minute, I will be getting into a preview of tonight's matchup at the United Center against the Philadelphia Flyers. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as baseball season is finally upon us. And Bet Online has way more odds and info, from game scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. It's not just baseball. From the NBA and NHL playoffs, which are right around the corner, boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast. Getting into segment two now today. I also wanted to be sure to get into uh, a quick preview of tonight's matchup at the United Center, which is going to be the second to- last home game for the Chicago Blackhawks this season as they'll be taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. And by the way, this is going to be a 7 pm. start tonight, as opposed to the usual 7:30 starts we see when the Blackhawks are in Chicago. And this game is unfortunately going to be one of those uh, that is going to be televised on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Fortunately, though, it is not going to be uh, Leah Hextall on the call. And um, man, I'm forgetting a name there. It's not just Leah who's been bad, but most of ESPN Plus's coverage this season has not been very good. But it's at least going to be Mike Monaco, who we did hear a little bit from earlier on in the year. Uh, And he's going to be paired up with Dominic Moore, former NHL player, up in the broadcast booth. So still probably not ideal. I'd rather be hearing Eddie and Chris Vosters even at this point, now that Pat Foley is no longer up in the booth. Um, But yes, this is going to be a 7 p.m. start. It's going to be on ESPN+, and it's going to be the second meeting between these two teams in the past month and a half, if you all remember. First meeting came back on March 5th when the Blackhawks were in Philadelphia. That one wound up uh, being a 4-3 to win for the Flyers. And if I remember correctly, I believe the Blackhawks took a very costly too-many-men penalty late in the game, which basically uh, cut a hole in their sails and ruined their chances of making the comeback. Uh, But another meeting here tonight between two of the bottom feeders in the NHL this season for Philadelphia. It has been bad lately here as well. Uh, They're in second to last place out in the Eastern Conference, which is 61 points. Uh, They are 25, 43, and 11 on the season. And I want to go look and see what they've done in their recent games. But considering where they're at in the standings, uh, I can't imagine it's been very good. Uh, They did actually... They have won their last two. They defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins yesterday, four to one. So they'll be on the back end of a back-to-back, and they would they had to make the travel from Philadelphia to Chicago. So that's something to consider as well. Uh, but before that, before picking up back-to-back wins here in their last two games, they beat Montreal last Thursday as well. Uh, they dropped. Five in a row. Anaheim, they lost nine to two to Washington. Oh my gosh. They got blanked four to nothing by the Rangers and then lost back-to-back games against the Buffalo Sabres. So yeah, it's been a struggle for the Flyers this season as well. Uh again, two teams that have nothing left to play for this season. And with this game being on ESPN Plus and Hulu, I'm just thinking about how few people I'm sure are probably gonna be tuning into this one here tonight. Uh, but a quick breakdown of the Philadelphia Flyers this season, just like the Blackhawks, they're near the bottom of the league in basically every major statistic, uh, uh, major statistical category. They're dead last in the league on the power play this year, just 12.3%. They're also 24th on the penalty kill at 75.6%. The Blackhawks are actually below that at 27th, 75.3% on the season. And then the Flyers ranked 27th in the NHL in both goals scored, and goals against. So all in all, a bad team again, uh, kind of similar to I feel like the Blackhawks matchup last week with the Arizona Coyotes. There could be some capability of of, uh, this one being a little bit more fun to watch though than, uh, you know, the the preview may perceive because with two teams having nothing left to play for this year, you know, why not um, be taking chances and be you know, jumping up on rushes. And who cares if you lose, you know, especially for Philadelphia? I believe they do have their own first round pick this year. The Blackhawks, of course, do not, unless they land the first or the second overall pick in the draft lottery, which is going to be held on May 10th, by the way, coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, but I think, you know, this has a chance to be a good back and forth game. I don't know how many people are going to tune in. And if you don't, I'm certainly not going to blame you. I'm very sick of watching the Blackhawks this year. I- I've missed. They've played uh, seventy nine games now. I've watched seventy seven of them, and uh, one of those, I believe, one of those, I, yeah, one of those I didn't watch was a the one nothing shootout loss to the Dallas Stars. So that seemed like a good one to miss. But watching the Blackhawks each and every night has certainly taken a toll on me. Particularly last week when they were starting at nine and nine thirty on the West Coast, it was like oh my gosh, really about to stay up till midnight one a.m. watching this team. It's been brutal. Uh, but I do believe I'm going to be at the United Center once again tonight and should have some pretty good seats. So that'll help me definitely stay a little bit more interested uh, between a uh, in this matchup between a couple of bottom teams in the NHL this season. Uh, but getting into the Blackhawks projected lineup for this one, first we do know that they're going to be rolling with the same forward group that we've seen for the past couple of games now. Again, they only have 12 healthy forwards on the active roster at this point. So And with Rockford being in the middle of a playoff battle, they are going to be making the playoffs, but they're still kind of figuring out their seeding. Still have some important games down the stretch. The Blackhawks are probably, or not probably, they aren't going to be calling up any more players through the remainder of the season, you would figure, unless someone else, hopefully that won't happen, uh, unless someone else would go down tonight. And also with three games left, you know, there's no real point calling people up unless. They find themselves in that situation where they only have 11 forwards on the roster. But with 12, uh, the same 12 forwards being in there tonight, we're seeing the same forward lines once again. Alex DeBrinket, Dylan Strom, and Patrick Kane as the top line per usual. And as I talked about in the first segment, those three actually had a really strong showing against San Jose. They just had, had nothing to show for it and couldn't find the back of the net against Kakanen. Uh, And by the way, Dylan Strome, I do want to say, is the Blackhawks 2022 Masterton Trophy nominee. So congratulations to Dylan. Um, It's been a tough year for him, but he's really responded well, especially with all that he went through early on when Jeremy Colleton was still the head coach. Jeremy Colleton somehow didn't think there was a spot in this lineup for Dylan Strome. Proceeds to have basically a career year here for the most part, and he's been rock solid on that top line with Patrick Kane. uh, Alex it for quite some time now. I expect those three to remain together through these final three games of the regular season. The second line will be Dominic Kubalik, Jonathan Taves, and Tyler Johnson, which I just touched on as well. That trio has been pretty effective here for the past couple of games. Love to see Dominic Kubelik. It's been a tough year for him as well. He's starting to be a bit more productive down the stretch here. Jonathan Taves has been a lot better in the second half of the season. And then Tyler Johnson's been finding a way to give uh, a little bit more offense than we've seen for the most part this year. So that they'll stay the second line again tonight. The third line will be Sam Lafferty, Philip Kurashev and Taylor Radish. Hopefully they'll be able to chip in for a little bit more. Uh, Sam Lafferty. I mean, this guy continues to get opportunity after opportunity. He just cannot find the back of the net for whatever reason. It's been tough sledding for him, um, but I really do, hope that Kyle Davidson is writing up a contract as we speak because Blackhawks need more players in their lineup like Sam Lafferty, energy, speed, and hopefully next year if he does stay with the Blackhawks, be able to find the back of the net a little bit more frequently and have some better puck luck than we've seen this year. And then to round out the forward group, as expected, it's going to be Henrik Borgström. Uh, I don't know what, what else to say about Henrik Borgström. He's literally just a guy in the lineup, it seems like. He's going to be down on the fourth line with uh, Boris Kachuk and Reese Johnson. As for the defense for the Blackhawks, I'm actually looking on Twitter right now to see if we have any updates. Doesn't look like head coach Derek King has talked to the media yet. Alex Debrinkit is actually um, talking with the media right now. But in that game on Saturday against San Jose, the Blackhawks elected to dress uh, both Eric Gustafson and Caleb Jones—they wound up getting back into the lineup. We've heard Derek King kind of say he wants to have a rotation of those bottom four defensemen down the stretch here. Uh, so I'd probably guess that Calvin DeHaan is going to be back in. He's been kind of finding himself scratched a few times in the past few weeks. I think he'll probably jump back in, um, and then we'll see what's going to happen with Riley Stillman. I feel like a young defenseman like that—you'd want to be giving him some reps here uh, in these final few games. I don't know. It's been like I said basically a round table of defensemen coming in and coming out, coming in and coming out. I am curious to see, though, uh, after a couple of bad turnovers in that game on Saturday from Alex Vlasic and Alec Ragula, I wonder if Kinger's thinking about giving either of them a night off here. Um, I'd probably elect not to, just kind of let them play through the struggles and you know figure things out on the fly. Why not at this point in, in the season? And uh, I think Kinger's done a good job kind of upping those two's time on ice and giving them larger opportunities. Penalty kill, power play for Alec Regula, which I love to see. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to score a power play goal in these final few games because the Hawks are still without a power play goal from any of their defensemen through 79 games this year. It's absolutely baffling. I don't have an explanation as to how that's happened, why that's happened, but it would be it sure would be funny if uh, Alec Regula wound up being the one to pot the lone power play goal for the Hawks this year. We'll have to wait and see what Kinger says uh, when he talks to the media here in a few minutes, but I could see another rotation coming here tonight with uh, Calvin DeHaan and maybe Riley Stillman jumping back in as well. As for the Hawks starting goaltender tonight, Kevin Lankinen is going to be back in net once again. Uh, And for Lankinen, obviously I've talked millions of times on the show about his struggles over the course of the year, but in his past four or five games here, I know, and all of those, he's allowed three goals or more, uh, but I've thought he's actually performed fairly well and definitely better than he has for the most part this year. Um, the last game against San Jose, kind of tough. The first goal was certainly his fault, but a couple of odd man rushes and then a power play goal were the other uh, three ways that San Jose found the back of the net. And then uh, his past couple games before that, I thought he played pretty good against Arizona. And then same with. The game's against Calgary and Nashville as well. Like in Calgary, he stopped every puck that he saw in the final 40 minutes there. And then in that game in Nashville, I mean, he was the reason the Blackhawks were alive. He was all over the place, which again, is kind of a knock on him that he loses his net too frequently, but he did make some big time saves there. So um, hopefully we'll be able to see uh, another solid outing here from Lankanen tonight to at least give the Blackhawks a chance uh, to defeat a lowly team like the Philadelphia Flyers. All right, that is going to take care of my preview and the Blackhawks projected lineup for tonight's matchup against Philadelphia. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. and I know We're almost halfway through the year now, folks, which is kind of crazy to say already. Um, And I know it's hard to stick to that resolution and um, hard to stay true to it. But if yours was or is about getting fit or eating healthier, then you got to make sure to include Bilt Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Bilt Bar, delicious and healthy. And if you tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, because if not, then you're seriously missing out on one of the best Tasting protein bars on the market, and listen to these incredible flavors, folks. Are you going to go with cinnamon churro or coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie or cookies and cream? These are real protein bar flavors, folks. All with 200 calories or less, and have 17 grams or more of protein. So either way you choose, Bill Bar is going to make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good. You're actually going to want to eat them, unlike some other protein bars out there, which can be chalky dry, waxy, or or even just tastes like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15 one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next built Bar order. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now before I wrap things up for the day. I also still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. So the first question that I wanted to answer today comes from, uh, who did I want to start with? I'll start with at Captain 262 who's always a consistent listener to the show. Joe, greatly appreciate the support, buddy, and greatly appreciate you regularly asking questions for me to answer. Uh, the question that Joe asked yesterday was, where does Kyle Davidson start? Does he extend Kane, extend Taves? Do you need two tendies? Oh. Million dollar question, my man. Uh, I think the uh, big decision that he's going to have to make is what's what's going to, what are the two star players for this team going to want to do? And I know people out there are going to say, Jonathan Taves, star player, face of the franchise. I know the year hasn't been what anyone wanted it to be. Um, But those two, I think are, priority one and two because once you figure out what they want to do then it's going to make life a little bit easier moving forward you're going to have a better um you're going to have better knowledge as kyle davidson kyle davidson being the gm will have better knowledge of how much money he has to work with you know what deals he's trying to to make where they stand what do they want to do yada 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 i think those things have to be at the top of the priority list here because once you figure that stuff out then you can Know what you have to do to build around the rest of the roster, and what you're going to have to work with first, I will say for Patrick Kane, I mean if he wants to stay here, I know you could probably get a bag and a half for him, but if he wants to stay here i just don't don't see how you can trade him because on this Blackhawks team this season, one of the worst teams in the n h l one of the worst offensive teams in the n h l they have a very inconsistent power play. Patrick Kane recorded 90 points for just the third time in his NHL career. With this team, and night in, night out, he's been the one carrying the load for the Hawks' offense. And, you know, maybe the lack of offense from the other forward lines has kind of led to his point production being up because the dude's playing, you know, 22, 23 minutes a night because no one else can score on a regular basis, it seems. Um, But still, at 33 years old, Patrick Kane is just showing that There's no signs of slowing down at all. I mean, go and look at his past four or five seasons, really, since his MVP season in 2015-16 when Artemi Panarin was still around. The numbers have been off the charts. And another thing to consider, over the past two years, he hasn't been a a particularly effective goal scorer. His shooting percentage has been down in comparison to some of the years prior to that. So I think Patrick Kane has plenty left to offer. And... I think if he wants to stay here, you have to absolutely find a way to get it done. Will he be willing to take a little bit of a price discount? We're going to have to see, but, you know, he's talked about how, and of course you got to take things with a grain of salt. When someone talks to the media, he's not going to come out and just say, yeah, I want to leave or something like that. But he's talked about how, you know, playing for the same franchise throughout his career really would mean something to him. And I hope that is actually something that sits in his heart because, um, Having Patrick Kane as a Blackhawk for life would be amazing, and I know there are people out there who think we should trade him and get the absolute loot. I understand that, but let's get it straight. He's still a top 10 player in the league, even at his age, and again, he's shown no reasons why he can't be doing this for the next three, four, five years in the future with the way that he plays the game. It's not like he's the fastest skater out there, and his skating needs to stay up in order for him to have this much success. No. No. He just thinks the game better than anyone. He makes those little subtle passes to find teammates in open areas. His hockey IQ is amazing. And you know, he puts in the work every offseason. He trains really hard. He watches all of his game tape. Like, he's super dedicated. So. I think extending Patrick Kane, assuming he wants to stay here, has to be priority number one. But Jonathan Taves undoubtedly is going to be the more intriguing situation, I believe, this summer because based on the comments that he's made the last few months, it really does not sound like he wants to stick it out through this rebuild here in Chicago. And, you know, that's his right. Um, As tough as it is to say, and I'd probably actually cry if Jonathan Taves were to get traded. but that's his right, and you know I understand. He's never been in a situation like this. It's disappointing. I'm certainly disappointed, but I'm not going to say that he's like a a, a bad guy or um, I'm not going to hate on him for that. It sucks, but you just got a feeling that this could be the last hoorah for Jonathan Taves in a Blackhawk sweater. But the real kicker is his deal, right? He's got one year left at ten point five million dollars, and I think the only way to move that is for the Blackhawks would have to eat some of it. So that's going to be the real kicker for Kyle Davidson who would be willing to take on you know who wants to pay Jonathan Taves 5.25 million dollars for the next season especially in this COVID cap situation where uh the salary cap isn't supposed to go up for a couple of years it is expected to go up but it won't be happening this summer if I am correct um but yeah I don't think you're working on a Jonathan Taves' extension at this point. If you're Kyle Davidson, and the Blackhawks, right, and that might upset him a little bit more. Um, but I think before you go and talk, if this is even a conversation that's going to happen, if Kyle Davidson is going to be giving him a contract offer, I think you'd like to see what Taves could do on the ice next year when he gets an actual off season, an actual training camp, a year back from that illness that he dealt with. I think there's a lot more complications there uh, with giving. Jonathan Taves an extension, but as for the goaltender department, um, by the way, uh, Joe did ask, where does Kyle Davidson start? I think you start with signing Sam Lafferty, get the job done, bring him back as a bottom six piece. I think that's something that absolutely needs to be done. But there, there are a lot of things that he needs to think about, right? What are we going to do with Tyler Johnson? What are we going to do with Dominic Kubalik and Dylan Strome? What's the market going to be for those guys in the summer? Is he going to want to be bringing them back? What are they going to do with? Caleb Jones, I know that doesn't sound like a major name or a major concern, but I think he's someone who's kind of in between right now, whether or not the Blackhawks want to bring him back. Obviously, his older brother, Seth, is here for quite some time now. The Hawks have lots of defensemen coming up in the system for the next probably four to five years with how they've drafted so plenty of them. Um, So I don't know exactly where you start, where the first move is, But if it was me, I'd probably figure out what Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves want to do. And then you can figure out your finances, see what you have room for, kind of build out your roster a little bit more completely. But there are plenty of guys uh, who are kind of up for grabs, and I have no idea what's going to be happening to them this summer. Um, But as for the goaltender position, that's going to be interesting, too. I think Colin Delia is good as gone being an unrestricted free agent. I just can't imagine he'd want to come back to this organization after how he's kind of been treated the past couple of seasons and really hasn't ever been given a golden opportunity to be the starter. And then for Kevin Lankinen, man, he just has not been consistent whatsoever. And I know he was the backup while Marc-Andre Fleury was here, but he's approaching, he's about to make his 28th start this year. And I don't know if he's going to start the final I know he's starting tonight. I don't know if he's going to start the next two games, but if he does, that would give him 30 starts on the season. And that's a pretty good amount of work to base your opinion off of. And the numbers are just horrible. The positioning's been horrible. The rebound control has been horrible. So I think it's kind of like a 60-40 thing. I know Lankin would be a cheap resign. And again, Blackhawks probably aren't going to be too focused on competing next year. Um, but aside from those two, you know, he only got um arvid soderblom down in rockford i don't know if he's ready to be getting regular nhl action next year i do think he could be the backup but he's certainly not going to be your starter and then aside from him that's kale morris and jackson Stauber. stauver's coming right out of college kale morris has kind of been mad in the ahl drew commesso is not stepping on the scene yet so honestly i do think the blackhawks um i think kyle davidson could be looking at adding a veteran netminder to come in and be the number one guy next season and then hey Things go poorly. You can try to move him at the deadline, kind of like we did with Marc-Andre Fleury this year, even though that wasn't to be expected. Um, but based on the Blackhawks, what we've seen out of lankin in this year, I don't expect Delia to resign. Uh, I do think it would be wise for the Blackhawks to maybe go out and add one more netminder in free agency this summer. Second question I wanted to answer today comes from at Coach Doc. D-A-C-C on Twitter. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Or AJ, I guess I could say, who asked, which teams will have the need and the room for Taves or Kane? Yeah, this is a really good question because I was actually researching a bunch of uh, finances for teams next season, if I can find it. Yeah, a lot of the teams, no surprise here though, that have the most cap space for next season are teams that aren't really going to be all that competitive. So. I'm particularly just going to be talking about Jonathan Taves here because uh, I don't think there's going to be a trade for Patrick Kane this summer, knock on wood. But there could be a trade for Jonathan Taves, assuming the Blackhawks are going to eat half of that contract. I think that's probably a must in order to move him if that's what he wants to do. Uh, But a lot of teams with cap space are teams that probably aren't going to be very good next year. Buffalo can't, like, and for Taves, the thing about leaving Chicago is... I don't think he'd leave here to go and be part of a team that isn't looking to be very competitive the next few years either, right? Like, he'd probably want to go to a Stanley Cup contender, and that's going to be a little bit hard to do considering where the cap is in the NHL at this point. But the teams with the most cap space next year, Buffalo comes in at number one. Could be intriguing for Patrick Kane, but I just don't, again, don't see him leaving Chicago to go to Buffalo, even though it is his hometown when that organization is kind of still a dumpster fire. They do have a lot of young talent, but I don't think he's leaving Chicago for Buffalo. That's just my opinion. Second team with the most calf space at the moment, the Anaheim Ducks. And I would say, I think that could be an intriguing situation for Jonathan Taves to go to because The Ducks are an up-and-coming team. They have a lot of young pieces. And for a while there, they were in the middle of a playoff battle before kind of fading off in the second half of the season. But they're going to be losing their longtime captain, Ryan Getzlav, in the offseason. That's probably going to be leaving a a big hole, not only in the locker room, but down the middle for the Ducks moving forward. And Jonathan Taves is a veteran center, a good two-way guy, probably a third liner at this point of his career. I feel like that could be a fit potentially For Jonathan Taves, if he'd be wanting to go to Anaheim, obviously he's in complete control over his future. Uh, The next couple of teams here, the Detroit Red Wings, he's not going to Detroit. Let's not get it twisted. Columbus, probably not. Ottawa, no. Nashville, maybe. I don't know if the Blackhawks would want to move him in the division, though. Uh, And they're probably not a Stanley Cup contender, even though they have really surprised people this season. Then we got Seattle, New Jersey, Arizona, San Jose. The New York Rangers could be an intriguing team because they have a lot of young pieces too. Um, and they're right there on the cusp and have really done a, a very ideal job throughout this rebuild the past couple of years since they had uh, the number one overall pick and took Alexi Lafreniere. Um, but aside from that, Winnipeg, you know, obviously Jonathan Taves is a Manitoba boy. Would he be willing to go to Winnipeg? That's somewhere that kind of sticks out to me. They're a very limbo-ish team. I really have no idea what direction they're heading in, whether they're trying to rebuild or they're trying to actually be good or if they're content with being, you know, right in the middle of the pack and kind of having an outside opportunity. I don't know, but um, maybe, you know, Jonathan Taze being from there could influence that a little bit more. Um, But other than that, it's just slim pickings because a lot of teams at the top are not projected to have very much cap space. like. The Pittsburgh Penguins, Carolina, Washington, Dallas, Tampa Bay, obviously. Vegas is in cap hell. Uh, Calgary doesn't have a lot of money. Toronto and Florida don't have a lot of money. Colorado could be an intriguing place. They don't have a ton of money either. So it's tough right now. And that's why I think if I had to guess, I don't know. I mean, if Taves wants out, the Blackhawks are going to try to move him because they could get something for him. They could get his number. They could get his, um, they could free up some cap space by doing so, but it's just so tough to find a place that Taves I think would actually want to go to considering how the cap is in this COVID world, post COVID world, hopefully. Um, But it's still being affected in terms of the salary cap. So there are only a couple of teams that I think of Jonathan Taves realistically could land at. And it's, Getting a little bit more complicated due to the finances, but number one, I think Anaheim would be intriguing. They're like I said, an up-and-coming team. They have a lot of young pieces. They're going to be getting a lot more probably national games, considering how Trevor Zegers has been a human highlight reel this year. And they're losing out on their captain as Ryan Getzlaf will be retiring after this season. So, shot in the dark here, maybe, but I feel like Anaheim could be a real good spot for Jonathan Taves to go to, assuming that he would be willing to waive his no uh, his full no-movement clause in order to be moved there. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, April 25th's episode of Locked Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the podcast and go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast As hosts, Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackHawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's go and pick up a W over the lowly Philadelphia Flyers tonight. And thanks again for tuning into the Locked Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day.